Welcome back to Active Minds Podcast, where we aim to learn through the experience and perspectives of those who are paving their own lanes. Then we have a little fun and we try to see where their lessons and wisdoms apply to our everyday lives. And last but not least, the whole point of this is to move smarter together. So first things first, I want to thank Justin for joining us today. Justin is someone who's paving the way for not only you and I, as well as himself, but specifically something that I love about his approach and our topic today is that he's a kingmaker. Something he focuses on is your strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. He packages that up real nicely and then guess what? Helps you make six figures. Welcome, Justin. Welcome, man. I appreciate you having me on here. Absolutely, dude. It's an absolute pleasure and now you're a neighbor. Uh, we, we chatted a little bit and I got a little excited when I heard that you were from Kentucky. Uh, I've got good and bad experiences yeah. <laughs> over there, uh, to include a bar fighter three, maybe. Um, but now you're in Miami. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm in Miami. And Why? Why Miami? I know it sounds like a dumb question, right? No, I mean I think it's Miami's life, man. I mean you look around and it's like I'm always where like the momentum's at, right? And like you go to Miami <laughs> okay. and people are moving, man. It's like that's what you need. You need <laughs> that momentum. It's a city that runs on Cafe Bustelo, bro. It's yeah. the whole place. <laughs> that's facts. That's facts. Absolutely. And you're now where in Miami? Midtown. 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 Yep. And I gotta say, man, like when you came in, your energy was bright, big old smile, man. Like I gotta imagine that's working for you here in the city, because this is this is the culture here is all about warmth and hospitality and smiles and all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, I think it's like anything in life. It's like how your first interaction is with someone is how everything is. So it's like you know, bring that energy, bring good vibes, and you know, good things will happen to you. Fuck yes, sir. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I gotta I gotta say, I guess maybe because I've been to Kentucky, there is is it safe to assume that the person you you were in Kentucky contributes to your advantages that you have here. I, I know that if you're watching, you're probably not gonna say what I'm saying. So my experience with Kentucky was, if salt of the earth <laughs> were a state, uh, salt of the earth and an, a work ethic that is fucking astounding. And it, again, that's where I'm coming from when I asked that. Yeah. It's like, you know, you, you've got this thing going right now for you, it's going great and all that good stuff. But I almost feel like your background almost gave you a competitive advantage over the average person that moves here. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think I think all of our backgrounds almost shape who we are yeah. now, obviously, but I think for me specifically, it was like the specific skill sets that I learned when mm -hmm. I was there. And like I told you, when, when I was in Kentucky, I was one of those guys, like for my first 23 years of life, I just partied my life away. I didn't, I didn't do much. <laughs> And then it finally, I just woke up one day. I was like, holy shit, man, I can't, I can't live like this. But True. a lot of that skill set, like, you know, um, for example, I was in a fraternity and I was social chair of my fraternity. And I think like a lot of those like relationships, communication skills, like shaped to where I'm at now. And it's like, you take one piece out of every chapter of your life and you put it together where you're at now. I like it. It's like a mosaic. dude. Yeah. 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 No, I definitely, I fuck with that heavy. Um, and now that you're here, uh, you know, not just a city, but at this stage of your life, something that seems to really resonate with a lot of folks that we're looking to touch and, and, and connect with is the fact that you're constantly looking for value everywhere around you and you're knitting it together. And that also translates to your work. Um, but specifically, you said you had a little bit of a burnout phase. Yeah. So like while this stuff comes naturally to you, you somehow got in a space where you were burnt the hell out. Uh, how long ago was that and what was that like? Yeah, man. So I've been I've been in this space for a little over five years now, and it was 
I think it kind of goes back to the foundation I built as an entrepreneur because when I got started, I I, I didn't have any money when I got started. Like I said, I went to college. Um, I was working a delivery job just to pay the bills, and then my Come option, yeah, my option was either um, go get a nine to five or fuck it and figure it out myself. And that's kind of I went the fuck it, figure it out yourself, right? Right? Yeah. And for me, it was like I had to. My whole thing was like chasing the money at first because like I, I had to like that was foundation, where yeah. yeah the foundation was chasing the money to pay the bills to live the life and it worked for a while um, you know I, I built a digital marketing agency and that was kind of like the foundation of it but what happened was it was always something I wasn't passionate about and I think that passion eventually led up to everything so to kind of answer your question it was about. Um, the end of 2021, mm-hmm. when everything kind of happened, it kind of crashed, crumbled. Um, we lost a fulfillment partner in the agency, and it was at the chance where I could either like rebuild it back up myself or um, go this other direction. Something else I was doing, I had like 10 other investments going on too. And it was like, for me, it was just like, I just didn't want to have anything to do with it because I was like, man, like I've put four years into this business and I, I built it so I was automated. Like I was working probably two, three hours a week on my agency. We were doing seven figures wow. a year in it and it was going really well. But like I said, when that, um, our fulfillment partner kind of just went MIA, kind of just went downhill, it relied on me. And I was like, well, I don't want to build this business again. Right. Like I stacked up enough cash and it was a time for me. I was like, this is a perfect time to go in the darkest moment of my life to figure out what the fuck I want. And, that's kind of what it was. It was like, I always relay this back. I was like, dude, this was honestly harder than it was to build my business. And, <laughs> but we, we came out of it and it's like, we're shining now. And that's, that's kind of how I am today. And like, I love what I fucking do. And I think it all goes back to like going into that, like the burnout slash like dark period of your life to really figure out what you're supposed to do. And that's where I found my passion. And like, that's where, you know, you said when you saw me today, it's like, do that energy that you have. It's like, because I wake up every day and I love what I do. Oh, fuck yeah. I got to say, though, you know what stands out to me about what you just said? Specifically what stands out to me is you were able to work in a style that allowed you to have the freedom to do what you wanted to do. But specifically, you said you weren't passionate about it, but you were still achieving six and seven figures. I'm intrigued, man. I got to ask because every day, everyone in their mother tells me now, oh, you got to be passionate. You know, you got to love what you do. But you were doing it, not loving it, not not super passionate about it. How did that come about? I love the lifestyle and (laughs) it contributed to like, okay. Yeah. It it let me do what I want because it was good money, you know, Mm -hmm. like, and for me it was, you know, I always look back, man. I laugh. I'm like, for me, it was like, I remember writing on that whiteboard. I lived at this house when Mm -hmm. I graduated from college that my parents were renovating, like (laughs) the walls were fucking dripping water and shit. It was like, it wasn't a great experience, but I remember every single day I'd wake up and I saw the whiteboard was like, all right, first goal, 10 K a month. And if I was like, if I can get that, I'm going to book a vacation. Right. And mm, like, okay, you know, just grind my ass off, hit that. And the next goal was like, all right, I got to make another 10 K. Then I can get a tattoo. Got a couple 10 Ks <laughs> around here, but it was always like that goal to keep me motivated to get something. So like, yeah, I wasn't really motivated on, I found different sides that I was motivated on. So for example, it was to be like, maybe like certain knowledge that I learned in there mm-hmm. that would motivate like, so like a new system um, a way to like remove myself or Fair. just like little tiny things I would find that would motivate me to like keep going. But like to answer the question, like, yeah, it was like the passion was never there other than just like the overall of like where I could potentially go with all this. 
there, there's, there's a little nugget in there that I hope that you're picking up there. So you were goal setting uh, in a way that you, I, okay, you don't hear it often, but scientifically it's been proven. Like to give you an example of where I'm going with this is, so there is a way that they observed marathon runners and we're talking like long distance, 20, 25, 26 and so on. And what they found was that the ones that came about came out ahead and had the highest endurance would like, for example, let's say you're running and the person in front of you had like blue shorts, right? They would just focus on the shorts. I just need to get this blue short. I need to get past that tree and so on. And your style is like that incremental. Yeah. Comp and then you get compounding from that. Yeah. So shit, that's awesome because then you can never, you basically will never burn out. You'll never stop. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm thinking about like you saying that, like, that's the same way I, because I exercise a lot. I'm really big into fitness and like, I couldn't tell man. <laughs> <laughs> same thing with running. Like you said, like for me, it's like, I was thinking that the other day, I'm like, damn, like every time I run, I'm like, all right, that's stop sign. And then I pass the stop sign. I'm like, all right, just a little bit longer. <laughs> Eventually you like build those like wounds almost where yeah. it becomes like something where you don't even think about it and you just bypass it. I love that, dude. That That's just natural to you then, if that's the case now. Yeah, I guess so. Also, <laughs> you said you were in a frat, which also requires you to have flexibility. I'm being PG here. Yeah. Flexibility, <laughs> flexibility with the characters around you, oh, right? Yeah. So you got the character, so you got the flexibility of people around you, social skills, and then you've got that incremental goal setting. So you got compounding. Okay, I'm hoping you're hearing that. You're, he you're talking to somebody right now that is setting goals incrementally nothing like i need to change the world it's just i want a tattoo i want a vacation so you're building you're designing your life almost by default essentially exactly just find out what you want and like figure out ways to get there and then eventually like you said it compounds and it almost feels poetic the fact that now you as the kingmaker you're doing that for the people that you're helping yeah so let's get into that man a little bit and and anything that you can't say because an nda I'll shut the fuck up. But specifically the people that you're helping, what would you say they all have in common? I think they all have in common is they, they have that, they have that passion mm -hmm. of, they want to do better in the world and they want to help people out. But a lot of them need that extra boost to get there. So like part of what we do in my program is called authority income accelerator. Okay. We help coaches and consultants build authority in their space and accelerate it by usually running Instagram ads. But like the way that we do that is like, we look at the foundation is like, okay, so for somebody that wants to start making moves, you gotta, you gotta be known. You gotta have authority in the space. So it's That's like, true. how do you become authority? Well, you start putting your message out there. You tell your story, you start optimizing your profile. And kind of like what we were talking about with me and you before we hopped on here is like, you're like, yeah, I checked out your Instagram. I saw these three things. And it's like, those are the type of things that you want. Like I look at it like Instagram and other social media as well as like, that's your, that's your resume nowadays, right? It's like, if I'm going to look oh, somebody yeah. up, like the first thing I'm going to do, man, is go social media. What's this person's name? Can I find them? If I can't find you. It's like, what, where the fuck are you? Suspect as hell. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like, are you an alien? You're a real person? Uh, <laughs> sorry. I'm just laughing because some people will go above and beyond to like not be found. Yeah. And it bites them in the ass. You know, I, I'm a little guilty of that myself, actually, when I was years ago coming out from behind the scenes and like, you know, I knew what I could do. But then when I would go and walk into rooms, like, who the fuck is this guy? And I was like, ah, fuck, that sucks. And I had to start all over again from scratch. So if you're watching this, something to definitely keep in mind is learn from my mistakes and learn from his wisdom, which is I made the mistake of not making my brand a priority. Uh, I'm still guilty of it sometimes where I'll go like MIA, for example, my IG. I like abandoned it for months. 
And his approach is basically that that is your resume. That's so social proof and social leverage is what we're talking about right here. Um, talking about social proof. As you're talking to these people that you're helping and you know your, your, your first steps in getting them going, what do they usually look like? The first steps in getting them going is it's a lot of mindset, to be honest with you. Okay. I mean, regardless if people are, most of our clients are doing anywhere between like five and 30 K a month. Like that's our bread and butter type of client okay. that we help scale up to the point where they're making six figures a month and beyond from there if possible. But like, usually it's this like mindset of understanding what it actually takes to build a business because a lot of times our brains play uh, tricks on us, right? Like. Mm. We're, we're wired as humans to live off of emotion. And because, I mean, if you rewind back to before all this amazingness where you could just come into a podcast studio in the beautiful Miami and just record everything, like our ancestors, like their emotions would get involved to tell them, hey, you got to go out to hunt. You got to go hide. You got to go find shelter to live. But now we're in a world now where like our emotions, they're still playing tricks on us and they're trying to like how our ancestors were. So like the first thing I help mm. all my clients do, man, is understand logic rather than emotion. And the way that we do that is by tracking KPIs, meaning that we're actually, when you're, when you're running ads, because that's like the bread and butter of our business, is you gotta look at the actual numbers and you can't just base it off of, well, I feel like today's going well, or I feel like this month's going well. And it's like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, you gotta, have, you gotta have those numbers. And you know, I was never a big numbers guy. Um, for me, like I told you before, like high school, college, like I just, I didn't do anything. Like I just partied the whole time. Right. I like that you're honest about that. Yeah. I mean, I think I had to get out of the system a little bit because I moved to Miami. I don't really, I don't party at all. Really. Imagine dude, that's a superpower over here yeah. to not fall in prey to the distractions. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's like, dude, you live in Miami. How do you, don't you go out all the time? I'm like, it's honestly the opposite. Like I never go out. <laughs> that's, and that is why you're local now. Yeah. It's like when like friends come here all the time and I'm pretty sure you have friends that visit Miami all the time. The first thing to do is they go to South Beach. Yeah. And as a local, you do not go to you South Beach. You stay the fuck away from <laughs> South Beach, man. Holy shit. That is a zoo. It is yeah, a fucking zoo over is. there. Dude, funny story. Um, when I first moved here, my mm -hmm. parents came down. And because I was living in California, they didn't come out too much to visit. But when they came to Miami, they're like, oh, well, Florida. Hell yeah, we'll come visit here. Go figure. <laughs> That's fucked up. <laughs> so we didn't really know too much. And we went out to dinner in um, South Beach. Mm -hmm. So I drove them to South Beach. And I think it was might have been during spring break or something man but it was i'll never forget we were driving and there was this golf cart of like these eight women um pretty pretty big women and they get off the golf cart and like the music's just bumping they just start twerking they get on top of all these cars in mid-traffic and start twerking i mom. remember i'm like mom i promise you i don't know i did not set this up i don't know what i don't know these people <laughs> She's never gonna go back to South Beach again. Oh my God! I, I is that the one like the free rides or something like that? It's like the open one, right? Man, there's so many. It's just like I don't even know. I was hey, just there's, like, there's a gimmick every every day of the week here. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, but it's also kind of funny that it took you coming to Miami to get your parents to visit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a little jacked up. Yeah, but they got here. Um, sorry, I I know we uh, <laughs> we were we're going for the tangent, but I want to continue that actually. Uh, because of what you're doing in, and your energy, right? Being here, what would you say is the first lesson that you learned? Like, let's say your first 30 days, the first thing you're like, ah, I see. That is a really good question. I think it was really, it was really like understanding 
how to position myself in the future. Mm. And let me explain that a little bit, because when I first came here, it was, you know, I was going out every night. I was partying. <laughs> and then it's working. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, well, I wasn't. I mean, that's not really my style. But, <laughs> you know, well, anyways, it was uh, it was just like understanding, like what the future is, because like I said, even those goal setting moments, I always left it up to the point of, OK, let me just do this one thing and get this goal. Mm-hmm. Right. And like when I came here, it was some for some reason, it was just like after going out for like I think it was just like the first two, three weeks, I just partied like a lot out here because mm-hmm. I was also celebrating leaving from California where the whole COVID was shut down and all of that. I was like, come here. Life is real again. I you can know? eat out. I can eat out. I don't have to wear a mask. Like, and it was, it finally just opened my eyes up to like think longer term. Right. Because I was always oh, in that man. moment where it was, and I think that went a lot with my brand. If you ever, anyone like has been following me online or whatever for a while, they'll probably notice that like everything was always about the lifestyle. It was about like doing things like in the moment, spare the moment. And like, for some reason when I just came to Miami after going out a couple of times and like understanding the lifestyle and I think like seeing like people on a way higher level than me, it was like, okay, well I got to get my shit together and actually start being <laughs> a little bit more serious about where I'm at, where I want to go. I have, you know what, there's been, that I can count three people that have sat in that chair that have said the exact same thing. They said they got here and they saw everything that was around them, the abundance, et cetera. And they all had the exact same thing. Like, wait, I got to step my shit up. Yeah. Cause like you show up in like, I don't know, a Benz and then the guy behind you show up in a Rolls and then the guy behind yeah. him shows up, you know, in, in a, in a Bugatti. Yeah. And after a while you're like, wait, wait a second. Ah, fuck. <laughs> and it's not even a keeping up with the Joneses thing. It is just that almost because they're next to you, you kind of also if you ever like if you ever go out, it's not uncommon that you'll have a drink with them or you have a conversation with them and you, you hear what they're telling you and with their experiences. And you're like, not that not that you're comparing, but it's hard to not notice like, oh, fuck, like you're kind of like me yeah. or, oh, I think I could do that, too. You know, so I can I, I at least from the people that I've talked to and who have shared very similar experiences. Um, besides the, I got to set my shit up moment. It's always followed by, okay, now what do I do next? Yeah. You know, and, and this, this city definitely gives you that energy to, to kind of get a little creative there. Yeah. It's just like the energy and like, just, I'm always looking at, if I can pick up like one valuable lesson from somebody, it's Mm -hmm. like, it's gonna, it's gonna go very far. And like, like you said there, it's like, sometimes you have that like comparison mode because like kind of going back to how we are as humans, like that's just how we're wired to do sometimes. But it's also like shaping it into a perspective of like, okay, what, what do they do that I don't do? What can I improve on that they do? And it's true. like, oh shit, man, you just got that new Lambo. Okay. What, what do you do? Like how, what, what's one piece of advice you give? Something like that, you know? What is some of the best advice you've heard since you moved here? Think long-term. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a drastic change for you because you said before it was like increments, right? It was. Not that you've changed that, but I'm guessing now you're, you're challenging yourself to longer vision. Yeah. I mean, even like, even with how I, even with how I dress and how I spend my money, because I used to be the guy where I was like, every time I, you know, make some good money, I'd just go ball out, you know, go to a club, buy some designer clothes, buy some nice jewelry. And it was like, you know, for me, I mean, if you can see I'm in shorts and a black tee, like that's my style now. And it's like, it kind of went into the concept of simple scales, complex fails. Like that's the main thing. Simple scales, complex fails. Yeah. I like that. I tell all my clients, I'm like, there's one tattoo I'd get on my forehead. Yeah. Simple scales, complex (laughs) fails. I like that, dude. Are you sure you're not in advertising? Uh, It's fucking catchy. Maybe. I may spend a couple of dollars on advertising. (laughs) That's catchy. I like it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, wait. If you're watching this and enjoying it, 
press pause for a second, go to activemindsclub.com. Again, activemindsclub.com. Here you will have membership access to our exclusive networking events as well as behind the scene access to our guests where you yourself can ask them questions. Not to mention, at these events and in the community, you're gonna have access to the very mentors that are here sitting with us as well as many, many more that are doing cool things in stocks, marketing, cars, real estate, where we're going to have you have access to education, insights, how-tos, all things that you can apply to your life and business. Um, well, without getting too on the personal side there, but specifically you as, as, as a human being, as a man, uh, the, the age that you're at, and something that keeps coming up in, in these conversations is the idea of self-confidence, right? And not only can it be your hindrance, but obviously your, your, your fuel, when it comes to those experiences for you, what would you say was were those moments that made you feel unfuckable with? What were they like? That's a really good question, man. I think it was like how they, I mean, what they were like, it was like just, it was a whole nother level, right? Mm -hmm. It was like a next chapter almost that you're experiencing in your life. And I think a lot of it contributes to like just putting yourself out there and doing things you never thought you would do, right? And like, I'll give you a perfect example of laying the foundation back when I was in Kentucky. Okay. I was... You know, I was when I went to college, I was in a break. I just got out of this breakup with this girl that I thought I was going to be together with for the rest of my life. Right. Heartbroken freshman that had no idea what he wanted to do with his life. And at the time, it was like, you know, I went to I was I went to a small high school Catholic school mm. um, when with like 90 people I graduated with. And then I went Holy to. Shit. Yeah, it was really small. So oh, fuck, that's that's wild. Yeah, yeah I was sheltered growing up like that, you know, but luckily it was like one of those things where. I ended up going to University of Kentucky and in there, there was like, you know, there was a lot more than 90 people in my class. There was like 90 people in one <laughs> class plus. So it was, um, for me, I was just like very shy, like my first, um, first couple months at school there. Mm -hmm. And then when I would join that fraternity, I'll never forget we were, <laughs> we were in the basement of the house we were in when we were pledges and they're like, who wants to be social chair? And at the time, I was like, well, I'm very unsocial right now. Let me just raise my hand and see what happens. So it was like me and like 10 other guys. We gave a speech and everyone picked me and this other guy. I was like, that was like a defining moment in my life where I was like, mm. if you're not good at something, volunteer yourself to become good at it. So you're giving yourself the opportunity to fail. But let's face it, at the end, you end up succeeding anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I learned so many valuable communication skills from there. And it's just like, it's led into everything mm. that I do now. Oh, hell yeah. And I can definitely see how that benefits the people that you serve. Yeah. Um, because I'm pretty sure, especially with coaches, like I've noticed this a lot, like there's this like curse of knowledge where they're so knowledgeable about their thing that it just seems like common sense to them. And you're kind of seeing they're like, no, dude, you could charge for this and charge a very good amount of money for this. Yeah. You know, so I, it's almost your job to pull that out of them, I, I, I suppose. Yeah, and it's also kind of like going on that a little bit more is like some people are really fucking smart, but they lack people skills and common knowledge of like how to properly put that out there. So it's sometimes it's like going back to like, what's the simplest way you can do this? Simple scales, complex fails. I've, uh, I've got a few years in tech <laughs> and I met a lot of those people like yeah. just fucking brilliant. We're talking like Rain Man brilliant. Yeah. But ask him to like explain it to you, and no, <laughs> they just cannot, man. And it's it's horrible. It's like speaking a different language for them, and it, that's what's interesting about business in general, is that 
you know, like someone earlier was was on Instagram sending me something and they were they were just frustrated, dude. They were like, they're I'm brilliant. I'm smart. I got this. I got cum laude and what other stuff. And they're sending me someone, uh, an influencer. I'm not going to name them, but they were like, I know this person. I grew up with this person. He's a fucking moron. And here he is in a Ferrari. I'm like, well, maybe that's his strength. Yeah. The fact that he's not really afraid to look like a moron or feel like a failure sometimes and all that other stuff. You know, that that sort of adversity is, is so – it's almost like a filter, it feels, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, in your experience, you just said, I mean, you're probably shitting your pants. I mean, you're like, yeah, I'll do it, <laughs> you know, but you still fucking did it. Yeah. You know, and it takes a certain type of person, yes. But I also know, not I feel, I know that can be taught because yeah. I've seen it. Yeah, you know, uh, training soldiers and, and privates and stuff like that. I know I saw it like the, the literal kids, you know, and my favorites were the ones that were like the Call of Duty veterans. They'd come over like, yeah, I know this stuff. Did shit their pants. But then four weeks later, there they were right with the best of us. There you go. Yeah, I think it kind of just comes down to like you can't really force someone to do it, but you got to have like that drive inside mm-hmm. where you want to be better. How, how do you quantify what's worth going for, though? I think it just kind of comes down to if you look out like where you where you want to be in the future mm-hmm. or who you want to be, then it's like what are things that are going to be characteristics that get you there. So like my first uh, before I started my advertising agency in the middle of like that whole broke scheme, graduating from college, I took on this sales opportunity and I was um, going door to door, knocking, trying to sell print and digital. Oh, ads. Shit. <laughs> yeah, it was um, it was. It was a lot of fun in Lexington, Kentucky. It was very hot and then very cold. You know, it was like never really in the middle. <laughs> so you'd either be sweating or you'd be cold. But um, with that, it was one of those things where I just like I learned more about like how to become who I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And I always I always had this fictional character. Have you ever seen the movie Entourage or the show Entourage? Yeah. You know Ari Gold? <laughs> yeah, I'm very familiar with Ari Gold. Yeah. Ari Big Gold. Big fan. Big yeah. fan. Yeah. That's the guy that I wanted to be like. So I'd pick up little things that he would do. He would always carry his phone as he walked and you have it like this. I would do that as I walked. And then I would just like practice like almost like a tonality like he would do as oh, I talk shit. in and I walk into these um, these businesses and I'd act like I own the place. Be like, hey, sign this fucking deal, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I wish, yeah, I hope that we can put clips of Ari Gold into here, Stuart, into this part because like <laughs> there's so many good clips that go from this. Oh my god, my uh, favorites when he goes in and he um, has that like paintball gun or yes, <laughs> just, da, 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 da. <laughs> oh I fucking love that scene. Yeah. It's like you're fucking fired. Oh my god, oh that's the clip, that's the clip, bro. Please that's put that clip. in there. Run it up. <laughs> um, sorry, I, now now my brain just went to Ari Gold. I'm yeah. stuck. We're gonna have to pause this shit. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Um, but that, that show specifically that style though, that it's, um, it's, it's almost like visualization and role play at yeah. the same time. So th- I can definitely see how that, that's helpful. Um, especially when you build your persona cause you do what you work with branding all the time. So you're familiar with like avatars and building personas and all that good stuff. So it almost feels man, like, uh, like Emeril Lagasse or like those, those chefs, basically you're, you're doing the recipe. And it's not that they're paying you for the recipe, they're paying you for the experience, almost so to speak. Yeah. So if you're taking them through the mindset and their perspectives on things and you're sharing with them essentially what worked for you, what does phase two look like then? Phase two is like just implementing, really, and mm-hmm. just being consistent with it. And I think like kind of with what you're saying there is like we live in a world now where you can get knowledge from everywhere. Sure. Right. Like you go on YouTube 
how to increase, like how to change your tonality or how to run Facebook ads or how to do this. And it's like people, it's all out there, but people pay for the information to be helped implemented, right? Like I think the biggest thing that I found is people just need accountability. It's like so many people, you can tell them what to do. And it's like, Hey, did you do that? Did you update your numbers? Oh no, I was going to do this, but excuse, excuse. It's like, okay, well let's fucking do it. Hey, did you do it? No, I didn't. Well, just fucking do it. What are you waiting for? There's an irony to that because that's why the prices are what they are. Yeah. You know, because you hear accountability, responsibility. Yeah, that's not really some people's forte, man. Oh, it's- my God. Dude, so one of, the things, one of the things I do in my company is we have all of our, client, all of our employees do an end-of-day um, end report. That way, like, I can really? see, yeah, my sales guy, my setter, like, what their numbers were, how, where they're at. We even ask them, like, mentally how they were performing, like, um, how would you feel emotionally? Did you feel like you serve people today? Hmm. So we took that in with, we saw it worked really well with like our own company because I can monitor all that. So we implemented it in with our clients. So now our clients are doing an end of week report. So that way, like they're saying, Hey, what are your KPIs for the week? How'd you feel for this week? And then nice. it gives me a reason and my team, a reason to reach out to them. If they didn't fill it out and be like, Hey, did you fill that out? No. Okay. Go fill it out. It's part of the process. <laughs> do your fucking job. It's like, just do it. Like you said, you're going to do it. Huh? What would you say, in, I guess in your experience, right? You've got the team being set up. Um, you, you know, you've got all these moving pieces. And before you talked about like you also had like 10 other businesses that were, you were invested in and so on. What would you say is your breakup of it? As in like, what are you paying attention to first? Mm-hmm. And then why are you choosing that in that order? Yeah, it's a really good question. I kind of went to the whole burnout side of things. It's like I'm hundred percent all in on this coaching program right now. Okay. Authority income accelerator. And I have some small things on the side, you know, obviously like that was one of the big things. Like I was really big into like crypto and all that stuff. And then, you know, naturally a lot of this <laughs> <Yeah>. basically crumbled. <laughs> yeah. That between that and the rug pulls, Jesus Christ. Yeah, man. And I think the biggest thing that's, if I had to go back and tell myself one thing, it'd be like, dude, focus on one thing until you build that out to be exactly where you need it to be and then mm-hmm. go on to your other endeavors if you want. Mm-hmm. But like even a better way is just like just add on to that, like in the same industry and just build it out. So you're still remaining focused. Yeah. Cause focus is like, huh. cause think about it. If you're doing like, if you have five different things going on, your, your, your day is scheduled to do like one, one big task. Right. But then you might have, um, a client from another business call, Hey, I need you to fix this or this, or like an emergency from there, an emergency from there. And it's like, you don't have focus where if you're focused on one thing, you can allocate that like the right way and be mm-hmm. like, all right, cool. I'll get this done this time. And I just, this one focus project is what I'm going to be focused on. But it always, it wasn't always that way though. No. So at, at one point you were getting the distractions oh, while yeah. you're in the middle of your process. Yeah. It was like, it's always a, something different, you know, and be yeah. like, Okay, Bitcoin's going up. I uh, gotta go, gotta go short it or something. You know, like, there's always <laughs> something going on. It's like, even I mean, man, it's. I think the biggest thing is just like being focused, 100 percent focused on one thing until you can like remove yourself from it and then start putting your attention and allocate it towards it needs to be. That costs money, though. Yeah. So like you, you already know how some people are gonna be like, well, it costs money. I can't do that. that sounds amazing, but you know, it's not the reality for everyone. Yeah. Um, what was what did it look like for you as you were the the one mm-hmm. doing all of that? Yeah, it was just kind of like what I mentioned before. You got to have that like overall vision of where you want to go. Mm-hmm. And you and that's why if you're in the coach, that's why I tell like my clients in the coaching space, like margins huge. Like if you have good margins, you can dip into that. 
and slowly start removing yourself. So raise your price. Raise your goddamn price. That's how you afford the help. So stop bitching and moaning. There you go. I thank you, man. Because yeah. that that's that's the answer that people need to hear, I think, sometimes. Yeah. Just raise your fucking price. It really is. Yeah. Like and, and raise your price, increase your value. I, I I get a lot of flack for this, but and other people agree with me, so but my my perspective and my experience has taught me that the cheapest customer usually demands the most and is the most fucking annoying. hundred percent. They're like, give me this, give me that, bring the shoe, you know, bring me the moon, bring me the stars. Uh, and then the other one, there's like, like it's pretty popular. I've seen the post. It's like $500 asking for the world. $5,000 are like, cool, what do I send the money to? You know? Yeah. And it sounds like you're having the same experience. Yeah, those are the type of clients we like to work with is the ones that, because I mean, it's the just same. Just get it done. Yeah, just get it done. Because I mean, that's how I am too with anything. It's like, if I can, I always pay on the spot if I want something. It's not very, I have to think about it. It's like, if I want this, I go and get it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, I'm a big believer in you. You are what you attract in the world, right? So like. That's why, like, with those type of clients, they're always our best clients, too. And we say that on the calls, too, you know, um, on the sales calls. Like, look. You smooth talker. (laughs) (laughs) You're the best thing that's ever. I I love that approach, though. But, I mean, it's really true, though. Like, anyone that pays in full inside our program, always they show up the most and they get the best results. It's hard to argue with that, man. It's hard to, like, uh, even now, as as I, you know, I focus on building portfolios. Uh, Man, the one that's, like, you know, uh, a little this week, a little that week, or Oh my God, dude, it's like a fidgety thing going on. They, they give me agita. I don't know if you've ever heard the term, but it's like, like relax. Yeah. Like, you don't fucking relax, breathe. Yeah. But you're right. The guy that pays or the guy or girl that pays right then and there, they're just like, get back to me in a month. Show me the KPIs. Show me the performance. You know, see you when I see you. Yeah. Um, fuck. That, that, that's a good way to work, too. I it mean, is. Your life is it probably is. In, reaping the benefits of that. Yeah, because it's like you're attracting more of this type of clients you want to work with. And I think that's a big issue that I made in the past was trying to work with everybody. Mm. And that became the biggest fucking headache in the world. Because like you said, you get clients like the worst type of clients that are like just demanding everything. It's like one of the things we always tell our clients is like, be specific, create your ideal avatar. Like who do you want to work with? How old are they? Are they male? Are they female? What do they do? What exactly is their business profession? What do they do on the weekends? Like be fucking specific. If you can't answer, you don't want to answer. I respect it. Who was the client that broke? That was just like the breaking point for you. Like, I got to fucking change this. <laughs> yeah, it was actually um, exactly what you said there. He was a client that kept trying to negotiate with me. And it's like, hey, I don't want to pay you, but I just want to bring you all these clients. And, you know, it was like, okay, well, you can do that, but you got to pay me first. And he's like, all right, well, you give me a deal. We give me a deal. We give me a deal. I was like, yeah, man, if you give me three clients, I'll knock off X amount. And. I did that and he actually came through and gave me the three clients, but this guy was the biggest hothead I've ever had to work with in my life. Like he was one minute, super hot, cold, and he would just randomly call me throughout the day, be like, hey, what's going on, what's going on? I see this, I see this. I'm like, yo, chill, man, like just give me a minute. Like I told you it's gonna take a minute and he just wouldn't leave me alone. So I actually ended up firing him, refunding his money and this guy, He ended up um, sending me text message, emails, threatening to come to my house. Like, coming, he's like, I know you're in Miami, man. I've got goons out there. And like, I was like, bro, like, chill the fuck out, man. I gave you your money back too. Holy shit. It was like, for me, it was like, it was like, okay, well, I just gotta, I gotta stop chasing the money. Mm -hmm. That was like the moment. It was like, I gotta stop chasing the money because I can't work with assholes like this ever again. Like, I don't want to. And that's where it was like that phase. And I figured it out and like, here we are now, man. On the other side. On the other Welcome side. To the other it's, side. Uh, bright in Miami and sunny. Oh fuck yeah, dude! That's you know what? 
the the goons at your house thing. I'm just like, no, nah, it's not that deep. Oh yeah, it's not that deep. But now, obviously, you got a better caliber of customer. Yeah. Uh, because you followed these steps, you're not kind of like walking back, and you're not finding yourself with that uh, abstract of scarcity, basically. Um, but as we, you know, as, as we start to to wrap, um, if you're watching this, some of the finer points that I I, I think are going to be of value to not just you, the listener, but also your friends, maybe your neighbor, maybe a a person that you know that is stuck. So we originally started the conversation on the point of leverage, right? And what leverage needs is social proof. You can call it cloud chasing, whatever you want to call it, but the reality of of, of it all is why do you drive what you drive? Why do you live where you live? Why do you admire who you admire? It's because they have social proof. And the social proof is built on leveraging the stuff that is your strengths. And then you, from there, you create opportunities. He mitigates the risk by looking at the weaknesses and threats and making it something you either work on now or make sure that it's a part of your growth later. From there, we kind of got into a little bit of the fun part, obviously, of it, notice what you notice. And, and a good example that he gave was he moves to Miami, a city that is notoriously distracting. <laughs> And he basically has, he gets it out of his system right there. He's honest with himself. And after that, he's just left with work and opportunity and things to look forward to. After that, he got it a little bit into the, the things to look for when you're going to decide to move forward with your ideas. And one of the things that we go over a lot is discipline. His form of discipline specifically, I, I'm a huge fan of, is what motivates me is going to be essentially the things that revolve around designing my life. So he first designs his life, tattoo, a vacation, a car, a trip, etc. And then he just has that be the goal. A good example of that, and if you wanted to look it up, is, is the way that people study motivation. Uh, the example that we went over a little bit was just like how marathon runners, uh, you know, look at a tree, the thing in front of them, and then just keep going. And then as we start to come to the finer points of the conversation, um, <laughs> the joke of increasing your price is is part joke but part truth in that a huge part of what being an entrepreneur or you know developing your career is the politics of it all. So in your career of like let's say your day job, you've got the politics of who you work with. As an entrepreneur, the politics are of, are of who you serve. So please take those students into consideration. You don't have to work with everyone. You don't have to help everyone, right? Now it just comes down to, as his example was, who do you want to embody? Which I thought that was a fucking awesome example. For him, it's Ari Gold. And if you've never heard of Ari Gold, go Google Ari Gold Entourage. There's a scene specifically where he walks into the office and just, he lets it rip with a paintball gun. (laughs) Fucking classic shit. (laughs) Oh, man, I love that guy so much. I would love to have a drink with Jeremy Piven, man. Oh, my God. I, have you read his book, um, Ari's oh. Goals, Ari Gold's Rules to Live By? No, now I feel like a dumbass that I've never heard of it. Oh, my God. Go read it. It's literally him. as It's Jeremy Piven mm-hmm. as Ari Gold writing it. And it's literally like you're reading another episode. And it's like I've read that book probably like 20 times. And it's just his rules. I'm getting it right life. after this. Dude, do it. You'll love it. I'm getting, So Jeremy. Sorry, sorry, sorry. What is it called again? Uh, I think it's called Ari's, Ari Gold's Rules to Live By. We'll still live by. Yeah. Thank you so much, man. Oh, yeah. um, but I want to give you the floor, man. Uh, you've got energy. You've got life ahead of you, man. What's something in the last six to 12 months that you're just beyond fucking proud of? 
I think it's just like, like I mentioned, man, just finding my passion, mm -hmm. working with the type of clients I want and like having a product that is proven to work. Mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest thing. Like I've put in a lot of work, a lot of energy on like all of the past, like five years of what I've, my, my, the things I've learned, the things I've failed on. And I put it all into one and simplified it. And like, that's what we do inside authority income accelerator is mm -hmm. ultimately help coaches and consultants scale with our proven methods. And like, you know, all those, all those nights, all those mornings is just putting in the work, putting in the grind from the past. That's what I'm the most proud of, man. And it's just like the impact that I have on other people and, the, and then the impact that they have on the people that they work with too. That's a nice uh, chain reaction you got going yeah. on there. Nice butterfly effect. Um, I, I know I didn't get into it too much before, but before we wrap up, there is one question that pertains to your style. Coaches and consultants are currently the person that you're serving the best. What's a profession out there that you think would benefit the most from working like you do, from working like your coaches and consultants do? I think it's just really anyone that like, what I always say is like, if your client's on Instagram, mm -hmm. then you should be advertising on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So it's like our ideal type of clients, coaches and consultants, but yeah. we also work with other broad categories as well. And it's always like, hey, if your client's on Instagram, like we'll help you out. So I think to answer that question, it's like, if they are if they are a real person they're online and you can reach them on the internet why not just put the message out there because we live in a world uh. where you know 10 years from now it's going to be way more pricey way more expensive to reach your clients and it's like right now instagram dm that our main thing is instagram dm ads mm -hmm. and it's a gold mine right it's like one of the things before like right when facebook came out like everybody was doing it right yeah. and like instagram dm ads it's like been out for a while but like a lot of people don't know about it as much and it absolutely crushes if you have like all of the processes in place. And how do you feel about TikTok then? I think TikTok's great. Um, my biggest thing is like, cause again, kind of going back to who you want to work with mm -hmm. a lot of like our type of clientele is more on like the Instagram side of things because you know, I mean, no offense, but if you go to TikTok, it's just a lot of like stuff that just goes viral. Yeah. Right. And like for me, it's like my best, it's crazy. My best performing ads are, or um, content are the ones that we're saying like, Hey, do this to make 10 K a month. But like, we don't want to really work with people that just want to make 10K a month. We want people that are doing from 10K to go to 50K. And it's like when we're more specific like that, we get less views, but they're more ideal of our type of clientele. And we notice that most of those people are like YouTube or Instagram or even Facebook. Some's on TikTok, but. And what's your handle on, on IG? At Justin J. Saunders. J-J-A-Y's middle name. Uh, awesome. So, dude, thank you so much for dropping by. Uh, I love your energy. I love where you're going with this. I look forward to seeing where this goes for you. Uh, you know, here at Active Minds, as I said at the very beginning of this episode, our goal is to explore things through the perspectives of people like Justin. Um, they're paving their own lane, they're trying things out, they're fucking up and laughing the whole time, right? And that's exactly why I love the idea of even exploring how the hell it applies to us, dissecting a little bit more, and most importantly, always moving smarter together. I wanna to give a huge thank you to Hands-Free Automation and Vegan Gummies for keeping this machine running. They've been an awesome partner and support system for all of this. I've been Katriel C. Sarfati. This has been Active Minds Podcast. See you next time. So guys, as we're wrapping up, we wanna remind you that we have our membership program now available on activemindsclub.com. Activemindsclub.com. Grab yourself a seat. See you there.